0: Welcome back to FST on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tune in, iHeartRadio. A variety of terrestrial radio stations across the country. Bringing in Joe Delosio here in a minute. But the results of the first few rounds of the 2019 NFL draft are in. And for NFL bettors and serious fantasy football players, season has already started. Start prepping. For that 2019 season, the Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock, whom I spoke with several times the other night, and he was just laughing about the Giants, <laughs> and the Roto Experts, will be live-blogging with each pick uh, this evening, giving you all the info you need on how each pick affects the fantasy football landscape and NFL futures. And that's not all. They provide dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to get you to an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the 2019 NFL draft today and the NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. So we now have with us, I believe, Joe Delosio. Joe, how are you, buddy? Hey,
1: guys. What's going on?
0: So you can find him on Twitter at Joe underscore Delosio, D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. We'll tweet it out and make sure this interview gets tweeted out later. But with you covering the Packers, they obviously were, for a long period of time, maybe the least active team in all of free agency. But this year, they utilized it in a big way. And for a defense that was struggling – Mightily about two years ago. They spent last year's draft to get the last couple of drafts to get Kevin King, Josh Jones, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, and now Darnell Savage. They've and 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 signed Adrian Amos. So that's six players really in the last twenty-four months that they've added to the defensive backfield, completely rebuilt it. Uh, and adding Rashawn Gary in the first round as a pass rusher to both Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. So that is, really, when you think about it, over 24-month cycle, adding nine players that can impact this defense, Joe.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a change of pace and something that people are not used to seeing in Green Bay. I mean, they went through off seasons where there was no act, no action whatsoever. It was constant draft and development under Ted Thompson. And that immediately changed from day one when uh, Brian Goom took over and it leads me to that first pick with Rashawn Gary, which to be honest, was a little puzzling. And, you know, ultimately with that, with that pick, you're getting a big boom or bust guy. And you look back before he went to Michigan, he was a former five-star recruit, overall the best prospect coming out, but he never really lived up to that hype, right? Wow. He, never, he never lived up to that hype. Over the last two seasons, only produced 19.5 tackles for loss, 9.5 sacks, um, but there's, there's potential there. They're, and I think they're going with that potential, and they felt comfortable making this pick, because of what they did in free agency with the Darius Smith with Preston Smith, they don't need Gary to get onto the field immediately and make an immediate impact as they've had to do with past first round draft picks at the same time though, I think it would have been better if they went with an edge rusher like Brian Burns with that first pick. Cause ultimately with Gary um, there is a, there is a lot of potential there. But at the same time, there is some worry with, uh, with his shoulder injury. Um, this is a guy who people are not sure if he has a torn labrum, what the situation is. He should be good to play this year. But at some point, you would assume that surgery will be needed. Uh,
2: thanks for joining us today. Uh, talking about the... Uh the uh, Packers and what they did in this draft. They uh, ended up picking up uh, Jace Sternberger, tight end. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Graham didn't really pan out uh, the way that they might have expected that he would. Uh, what do you think about uh, you know Jace Sternberger in, in terms of what he does to Jimmy Graham's kind of playing time?
1: So I still think that Jimmy Graham come day one is going to be that that starting tight end for the Green Bay Packers. But – We will have to see in camp how Sternberger really pushes Jimmy Graham because what they got in in Jace is really a a big target. He's athletic, has great hands, and could really stretch the field down the middle. And Aaron Rodgers has been looking for that type of target since Jermichael Finley left. I mean, last year at Texas A&M, he called 48 passes for 832 yards, 10 10 touchdowns. He led all tight ends Um, in catches for over 20 yards. And he only dropped three passes out of the 52 that uh, he was targeted. I mean, he has the potential down the road to really be an impact in this offense. I think the reason why he may struggle early on is because he does have that – he lacks the blocking ability. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly a, a pass catcher is Sternberger.
0: Both tight ends, though. Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis on the roster. Mercedes Lewis is going to be 35. Jimmy Graham is over 30. I think Sternberger is certainly a guy of the future and providing more pass catch- catching options. He obviously has a lot of faith in Devontae Adams. They drafted three wide receivers last year with Marquette, with Valdez, Scandling, Jamal Moore, and Equinemius St. Brown. If any of those guys could stay healthy <laughs> for long periods of time, we might actually see what they can do. But... It really does speak to what we talked, what we've been talking about here, in that they have really aggressively tried to remake this roster. They know they have Rogers locked in. He's obviously been unhappy with the direction of the franchise, but I'm with you. I have some real look when I when I see players that have talent like Gary that aren't productive in college, I have big question marks those aren't my favorite types of players to take he had nine and a half sacks in three years I could give you a litany of players that were drafted in the first round the other night that beat that total last year alone Montez Sweat and more Brian Burns probably had more than that last season alone so I I do have concerns there in fact his teammate Chase Winovich of course the freaking Patriots get Winovich was more productive on the field
1: than Gary was and that's the thing I mean and not to switch over to the Patriots at all, but I mean them picking up a guy like chase Winovich and also directing a wide receiver like Nikhil Harry. I mean, I I have a feeling that both of those guys are going to end up being very productive in that Patriots system. But yeah, I, I think they felt comfortable taking this risk with Gary because of the depth that they now have on, um, on the defensive side, uh, I think it would have went in a different direction if they didn't add Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, and they didn't see the production from Kyler Frackle last season. Um, still, I think it's a big risk. But ultimately, if if he gets the coaching, uh, the the necessary coaching, I think he has. He does have potential, but um, like Guttenkus had, he had to field questions right after they drafted him. I mean, what makes you believe that Gary is going to um, transform and be that top prospect that he was once supposed to be, but never lived up to.
2: And, and talking about coaching, uh, new head coach Matt Lafleur. Uh, what do you think he brings to the table in terms of this team that uh, you know obviously had some underlying locker room issues? I mean, and uh, Mike alluded to you know keeping Aaron Rodgers happy. I mean. Uh, What's the sense that you get from from this team moving forward? Like changes to the you know the the, the locker room uh, uh, this, this season.
1: I mean, ultimately, I think we could all agree that Aaron Rodgers has a lot to say. Uh, I'm sure you you both read the the story it's that true. Tyler Dunn published. I mean, he has a huge impact on whether this team's going to do really well or really bad. But speaking specifically about Matt Lafleur. I think the Packers wanted a quarterback guy. The Packers wanted an offensive-minded guy, and that's what they're getting. They're getting someone who lives for football, who's going to try and bring something different. Um, over the last years, towards the end of the of Mike McCarthy's tenure, things got very stale. Things didn't change. It was very predictable. I think you're going to get a lot of a lot of new, innovative looks from Matt Lafleur. Um, and I think part of the reason why they're putting such a heavy emphasis on that defense is obviously if you have a better defense, it's a lot easier on, on the quarterback and on the offensive side. Um, one of the main problems was it always felt like Aaron Rodgers was on the field because defense, it, the defense would continuously get, get run through. So mm-hmm. I think LaFleur really, and Guttenkos combined are really trying to build a strong defense, put a little less pressure on that offense to get them Agreed. to where they should be
0: totally agree. so again this is uh joe delosio you can find him on twitter and he is a contributor at fan He's i some good stuff written some good stuff here about uh green bay addressing needs in free agency and i'm sure he'll have some draft takes as well in addition to speaking with us today so uh I, Let's talk about the couple of other players that were picked here. Elton, Je- Elton Jenkins obviously helps provide some long-term depth in the interior offensive line. Brian Belaga is in his 10th season. David Bakhtiari, uh, they're good at tackle, but uh, guys are getting a little bit older. I think they really needed to provide some internal depth here. Billy Turner, Taylor Lane, Corey Lindsley is an effective center, but Jenkins is a guy that is versatile, can probably play multiple positions and provide depth
1: for Aaron Rodgers, yes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jenkins is a big boy, and I say that, you know, 6'4", 3'10". Very versatile. He played his last two seasons at the center position, but he also does have experience at the guard and tackle. You mentioned the addition of Billy Turner. So with Jenkins and Billy Turner, there is a good chance that both of those guys end up starting on opposite sides of Corey Lindsley at center. So, I mean, they've added added depth with that. Their biggest concern, really, I mean, Lane Taylor struggled tremendously last season, Um, and Jenkins is going to come in on day one and really – give him a a run for his money for a starting position. I mean, one one stat that I saw that really stuck out when I was uh, researching and watching some some tape on Jenkins was that he gave up only five pressures, one sack, and committed uh, only one penalty over 800 snaps last season. And as a junior, he didn't give up a single sack or quarterback hit while playing over 900 snaps. I think that speaks volumes, especially since he played in the SEC. And you're going against elite pass rushers. Yeah, yep, Mississippi you're, State you're, had four players drafted in the top 50. Pretty impressive. Extremely impressive. So I mean, I I think you know some people may argue about whether the SEC is the best conference in football, but it it, it certainly seems that uh, every year we're getting the top prospects from that from that conference. So if you could hang with those guys at the college level, right. I think that translates well. That's right. That's a team that isn't even that even considered to
0: be an elite team in that conference. Their coach. Dan Mullen had left, obviously, to move over to Florida. So some of these players are being drafted now recruited by Dan Mullen. But pretty impressive, Montez Sweat and Jenkins and Abram. And I'm missing the last one. Uh, shoot, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Uh, but they, had, I know they had four players drafted. Oh, Jeffrey Simmons, who's got the ACL injury, uh, goes to Philly, uh, goes to Tennessee. So four players in the top 50 for Mississippi State. Sorry, go ahead, uh, Joe Galena.
2: Yeah. So uh, what do you think they do uh, from here? Uh, You know, fifth round. uh, Are they happy with their uh, receiving core? I mean, they're getting uh, Geronimo Allison back uh, this year. They got uh, the two kids, St. Brown and Valdez Cantling. Are they happy with their wide receiver uh, core at this stage? I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers uh, in football. Uh, What do you think they do the rest of the
1: draft? So I mean, I mean, if you look at that wide receiver depth chart, absolutely Devontae Adams, number one guy, quietly still, in my opinion, is uh, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL who doesn't get enough praise. Uh, Geronimo Allison sure. for this year—that that's going this is gonna be a big year for Allison. Uh, obviously, the mm-hmm. departure of Randall Cobb, there is an opening at that slot. I think he's gonna have the first chance to take over right by that slot wide receiver. Um, he has experience on the inside and the outside. Coming down to wide receiver three, it's going to come down to those young kids between Valdez Scantling and St. Brown. I expect them to try to add at least one or two wide receivers the rest of the way, similar to what they mm-hmm. did in last year's draft. One guy that caught my eye was Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon. I mean, this kid could really stretch the field. Um, last season, he caught 75 passes for eleven hundred yards and ten scores. He's a guy to look out for. Probably will be a you know a late fifth, maybe a sixth round pick. I mean there is one really good wide receiver still out there, Hakeem Butler. I just don't think they're gonna he's gonna be around by the time Green Bay's back on the clock.
0: Uh so last one before you go. I you know I actually thought there was a chance that they would take an impact wide receiver in the first round because there's some thought process with me that if you have three guys that you're unsure of, you don't have any. you know what I mean? I know valdez Gambling yeah, was good at times last year. I thought they would maybe come over the top and just put somebody that they really loved opposite Adams. Clearly, I didn't feel that way about any of these wideouts, although... Nikhil Harry looks pretty interesting now that he's a Patriot, right? He's even more attractive now that he's on the Patriots. But last thing about Savage, they have acquired all of these defensive backs in the last two years. So where does Savage come in? Does that
1: mean somebody like Josh Jones is out? Uh, I really think that Josh Josh Jones is is on the outside looking in with, with the addition of Savage. And, and quite frankly, I think Savage... Um, was the better pick in that first round uh, between uh, him, him and the Gary pick. Um, I had the opportunity to watch Savage play live. Also, Gary, when I uh, visited the, the University of Michigan last season, and one thing that stood out to me about Savage was he was quick, he was athletic, and he was all over the field. And some of the best tape that you'll see from Savage is is that game against Michigan, is his performance against Ohio State, Big time schools, and that's what you want to see. Um, I think pairing him with Adrian Amos, I think he's going to have a, a big impact on that defense. Uh, the one, the one thing that you need to be careful with with Savage is sometimes he's a little over aggressive, and and you could really that could really hurt you down the road um, in the NFL. Yeah, uh, good stuff uh, out of you, Joe.
0: I would say that in general, the team was 29th in the league in creating turnovers last year. So somebody like this—that's what he's for. He's going to create plays in the defensive backfield, try to create picks, tip balls, all that kind of stuff. I think that's what Dar- where Darnell Savage excels. And yes, there's a little bit of risk reward in his play, but I think they are needing—they are needing that. They're telling you that they need that with their, a guy that can hopefully get after the passer and a guy that can tip ball. So great stuff, Joe. I appreciate it. We'll have that interview up a little bit later today. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. So we'll come back at the top of hour number three, break down what Joe just had to say, talk about the Packers and more. It's the NFL Draft Edition of FST, Saturday edition. Go find. I'll be right back.